You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. There are those touch tones, and it is time now to hear from you on our Straight Talk segment on Real Presence Live. 877-795-0122 is the toll-free number to call in order to submit your questions. Also, you can uh, submit those questions on our Facebook page as well. And uh, there are a number of different ways in which you can contact us. We look forward to hearing from you and what you have to say. And once again, you know... Father Gross and I, we are we are we can easily fill up a half hour of time, no problem, because we get so stimulated off of topics that we're interested in. But it's always so much more fun, more exciting, and probably challenging for us too uh, to get your thoughts, your comments, mm-hmm. your questions, your your calling in. Yep. And um, we have the Bible and the Catechism here at the ready uh, in order to uh, consult in case in case that needs to happen. And uh, thank goodness that we have those. Um, one of the first things that I want to mention, and again, that number is 877-795-0122. Or also remember our Facebook page for Real Presence Radio to submit uh, uh, any questions that you may have. Um, there is a uh, movie that's been come out the last couple of weeks in wide release around the country, uh, although uh, uh, still there's a percentage of theaters around the country that are not yet open for business, but uh, uh, one of our local theaters is where um, uh, both uh, Father Leffer and I were able to see the movie Fatima, which uh, is a representation of the apparitions of our Blessed Mother to uh, the three children, uh, Saints Francesco and Jacinta, and uh, Servant of God Lucia in Fatima, Portugal. And so we wanted to just share a couple of reflections on the movie. One of the things in particular that uh, struck me, they chose to tell the story with a primary focus on the oldest child, Lucia. And it consists of... there might be a couple of spoiler alerts, but uh, our, our uh, you know apologies. Every, for that. Everybody knows the story anyway. Yes, so yes, just, that's right. Guess what? The Blessed Mother appears. <laughs> so there is a um, there there is a uh, professor documentarian who's interviewing uh, Sister Lucia uh, toward the latter stages of her life, and then the remainder of it, in terms of the narrative of the events, uh, appears within the screenplay almost like a, a revisitation, uh, just kind of a a flashback um one realizes and and i think the the movie does a good job of bringing out rather acutely the pressure on all of these children from both church authorities as well as the government officials uh the the um uh the, the the mayor of the town who the uh, the actor uh, i think was well known for his role in the show ER back in the in the 90s um but uh, the the mayor has these progressive atheistic uh, attitudes so um it was unsettling from both of those ends you know when you think about children that you know who are that age and wow you know that's asking a lot of them you know, so a couple couple things on that. One is uh, just kind of a cautionary note because, like, most of us are familiar with the traditional uh, Fatima movie came out in 1952, I believe, that it was so powerful uh, with with uh, Uncle Hugo and all the you know, and and it, mm-hmm. it was it had a powerful effect in my life as a child. But this one, I would say, for parents who maybe haven't seen it yet, if you're thinking about just loading up the whole family and going, just a little cautionary note because they are doing it from Sister Lucia's 
uh, adult life and child life and these pressures that Father Gross is speaking about, they do present things in real real mm-hmm. accurate. So there's some, some things with the war that are, tend to be on the graphic side or shock kind mm-hmm. of value. There's things with maybe a little, uh, uh, you would call it emotional or physical abuse that takes place. Mm-hmm. And, and, then, uh, and then also there's a scene where they, they show like the, the prophecy of the, the Pope or a bishop's the third being, secret being mm-hmm. being killed or so you just want to take them and i'd say maybe know your children but 12 or 13 years old would probably be yes. okay with it but younger than that it might might be quite you know shocking to them to see the real life experience that they went through mm-hmm. um, you know the blessed mother asking the children to keep certain things secret you know really made the experience all the harder because they want to be genuine and transparent but they also want to obey what you know our lady is asking them to do you know, how often like our genuine faith is just like that where you have a powerful personal experience of faith then you have the external pressures and you have to discern what do you share what do you not share and in sharing something does it make it more real or does it take it away from the experience and so but like Mm -hmm. you say in this case they're they're entrusted with this whole thing that affects all of the universe yeah and 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 the pressure of people not believing them and Mm -hmm. the temptation to prove to them that it's the people who don't believe that it's true but at the same time have this experience that nobody else has seen or heard and then, and then not be able to say what it is, but just that there was yeah. an experience. Mm-hmm. So. And, you know, the cinematography part of it, I thought, was, was quite Fantastic. beautiful. Fantastic. You know, there were no cheesy artificial sets. They shot the scenes on location in Portugal itself. And the scene, one of the scenes that I really remember is uh, Lucia's dad and how angry he got when these pilgrims are, accumul- are accumulating and how his wheat crop got trampled and destroyed. And there were allusions to the family falling into financial hardship in the midst of that. And so that's just another weight or burden, you know, that the children are having to bear. Um, one of the last things I thought about is how they chose to depict our Blessed Mother. Her appearance was beautiful, unquestionably beautiful, but non-mystical, I guess, is kind of the adjective that I thought, because rather than something that was just surrounded in this um, luminescent sheen where it's like, you know, am I, you know, am I, just, am I really seeing it or am I not? You know, it, it was, um, you know, the, it was depicted with what the children saw, what the visionaries as someone you know, like them, you know, just standing before them. And you know, and you think about, like, this story, you could make a thousand movies about this, and they'd all, all be different from different perspectives. So there yes. definitely were certain choices of how this was portrayed. Uh, Brother Priest I went with, he, it was interesting, he, when we came out, he said, oh, it was like spending two hours with the Blessed Mother. I really needed that, he said. It was a, it was a refresher. The, the thing that struck me a little bit is, um, this is not meant as a criticism at all, because it's the perspective of how they filmed it, but it, it was, it's not super pious. It's not super religious. They, mm-hmm. In some ways, they don't really focus a lot on the message of the Blessed Mother to the children, but it's more this... Compare and contrasting the adult Sister Lucia with the child Sister Lucia and these pressures that yeah. thinking about that the burden that the human person bears in coming to know God, mm-hmm. really, and, and bearing a message right. for the world. In, in the Diocese of Fargo, uh, children who are baptized as infants are um, conferred the, the sacrament of confirmation in the spring of their third grade year. And I couldn't help thinking that the children were about the age of our candidates for confirmation in our diocese. And the fact that our Lord, through uh, his blessed mother, was entrusting them with this whole experience, you know, we 
we ought not to sell short what God can do in the hearts of our of our little ones. Again, the number 877-795-0122, We Father Gross, and I really want to hear from you, but there's so much more here. So, like, even thinking about the two saints, Saint uh, Francesco and Saint Jacinta, uh-huh. you now, because what were they, eight and nine? Seven and eight or something seven like eight, that? Seven and eight, seven and nine, yeah. yeah. You know, pr- pretty young, and even at one point, I think there was a comment within the context of the movie about how, how could God possibly ask someone so little to bear something mm-hmm. so great. But you think about even um, they saw what was going on and the testimony of the whole thing. Um, you know, you always have that, I call it cute, but maybe painful for him. He had to pray many more rosaries before he could hear. <laughs> right, that, right. That he could only see on. the blessed. For, you know, Francesco could only see the blessed. But they, okay, so but they no. do a beautiful job of taking Jacinta, who's the youngest, and maybe, maybe I don't know. She's the purest, or whatever. But she's always the voice that calls out when there's a temptation to right. not be mm-hmm. to, to say, oh, "No, just imagine it wasn't." There. She's like, "No, no, it's real. It's real. It's real." Yeah, and that, that irresistible little, kind of plucky attitude <laughs> voice that would come out and call them back to fidelity. But then even those two, what they suffered in particular, and choosing to do penance for sinners, but then even they in their death. And I love the you know the one scene, the Blessed Mother, you know, comforts them or backs them off saying, you know, God appreciates all that you're doing here, but be be right. careful about Don't how uh, practice t- excessive mortification. And then no. here, here's just a couple ancillary things around the fringes that were developed so well, it was so powerful. Um, one, or three, I guess. The one, I was not aware of the family, the children, the other the other family members, that, and how it affected them, and the whole, mm-hmm. even the one older sister having to go away. I mean, just all these things are powerful things that, yeah. you know, one of the temptations in life is when God calls you, and you start making um, sacrifices to follow him, and, and okay, I'll suffer whatever God wants, but then once your choices start affecting somebody who mm-hmm. didn't choose to follow him, yeah. I see so many people at that point, they're like, well, this is too hard, you're demanding too much, I'll back off. Will you continue to be faithful to God even when your choice yeah. affects somebody who doesn't when, want When you? Lucia's mom got sick and uh, one of the other members of the household, you know, so where is your lady now? Now, and, you know, yeah. and, and mm-hmm. you, there's no re- answer to that. The other one is the mayor's wife. Yes. She's a powerful, powerful, and I, again, I don't know if that was just Hollywood at that point or what, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. She's a powerful, powerful voice against the, the worldly voices there. And I'm not even going to say what it's about, but it just it's worth seeing the movie yeah. just for her yeah, witness. She is reminiscent in a sense of Pontius Pilate's wife in the Gospel there of Matthew. There we go. That's a great way to see. And then the other one is just the development of, of the father figure, which I think it's lost in some of the other versions of what's going on. Again, I don't, I haven't been able to check the accuracy for, for these things. I'm assuming it's accurate, but I tell you, I, where I lost at Father Gross was when uh, Lucia goes out to, she realizes the effect it's having. She goes to the Blessed Mother on her knees, how her father covers her in it from a distance, and he's there, and and he's with her, always covering her, even if, I don't know if she's aware of it or not, but at one point he finally says, Okay, that's enough. And when he comes in, gathers her up, and carries her home. I lost. I mean, it was, it was such a powerful experience. Uh, mm-hmm. Just thinking of God the Father always with us, even though we, we don't know he is, or, you know, but that fatherly presence to right. cover the whole terrible pressure situation you might be in in life. Right. A strength and a tenderness. Both of them are there and they're held in tension. So we we heartily recommend the movie Fatima and uh, just want to tell you if you have, if you have wee ones, there are a couple of intense scenes that, uh, you know, that, that, 
you might want to shield their eyes, but uh, definitely we want to recommend that. Well, we have someone on the phone here whom I think you may know very well, um, Father Leffer. <laughs> yeah, it looks like my sister from Stanley. Good morning, Hello, Laurie. how are you, gentlemen? Good, good. Are you, uh, are you planning on, on seeing your father for his 80th birthday? I am, yes. Well, good. You have to and give and him if a, he's uh, listening, ha- happy birthday. <laughs> give him a big hug and a kiss for me, okay? I will, I will. So, so um, what's on your heart to your mind this morning? Yes, well, um, you know, there are people that uh, I run into with uh, uh, working for Real Presence Radio and people that have questions of their faith, and uh, a lot of talk about Garvin, Dahl, and, and Fatima right now with everything going on. And one of the questions is that um, the confusion did the Blessed Mother, um, do they talk in this movie about uh, the revealing that there would be uh, confusion in the world or, you know, in comparison to in Revelation in the Bible? Yeah, you know, probably, probably the way to approach this topic is to just make a distinction about the different types of revelation. So um, okay. we'll start with the, so what's called public revelation. So public revelation Every every Christian has a moral obligation to to put faith in and believe what's called uh, public revelation, and that has to do with Christ Himself. That He's revealed as the Son of God. His Paschal mystery, His His suffering, His life, His death, death resurrection, the establishment of the Church, uh, the sacraments, ba- basically everything that was revealed. Uh, from the time of conception as and through the Old Testament until the death of the last apostle and what's recorded in scripture, uh, magisterium, and tradition. Mm-hmm. And so we, we have a moral obligation to believe all that. And, you know, so the book of Revelation is part of that content of public revelation. It can get a little confusing trying to figure out what those symbolic symbols and numbers and things mean, and they can have there's various levels of meaning. Then there's what's called private revelation. So uh, a- apparitions will fall within the context of what's known as private revelation. Now, some, some of these private revelations, so just take that to start with, private revelation is meant for the individual person that God comes and speaks to them. So working that out with their spiritual director, you know, what's true and what isn't, now that's for that person. Now, sometimes some of these go beyond being private. It's still private revelation. It's not part of public revelation, but then it can become approved by the church. So, for example, Fatima is, it's a private revelation to these three children in Portugal. It's been approved by the church then that says, Everything that's been spoken there, there's nothing that's going to harm or hurt your your salvation with Christ, and and it would do good for you to believe in it because it would be an encouragement to help you with your salvation. But you do not have a moral obligation to absolutely believe in it in order to be saved. So they, they make that distinction. There's always room with these things, mm-hmm. and then there's there's other private revelations where they are they're not approved by the church. It doesn't mean that they're the real or not real. And sometimes the churches come out and say, no, this this one that's claimed to be private is not of God. It is not, and there's problems. Don't don't follow it. Don't believe in it. But most often, they kind of leave it alone. They just let it alone. Let the fruits of it bear itself out. And so, um, and so, and, and so, having said all that, the word I would say is this: you got to be really careful when you start comparing and contrasting 
private revelations and things that are said. I, I once had a pretty trustworthy spiritual director say, you know, everything that comes through in private revelation, it's possible that 10% of it is accurate, you know, and the rest of it, because it, it comes through individuals who have their own ideas, thoughts, feelings, emotions, agendas, whatever, and things get colored and how they go come across. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes a pretty, I'd say, uh, kind of a dangerous game to start comparing and contrasting different private revelations. Now, as a whole, you can, you can take um, general themes that come from all of them, and they're going to line up if it's according to the gospel. So it's going to things like repent of your sins, you know, believe in Christ, um, uh, prayer, fasting, um, intercessory prayer, uh, mm -hmm. you know, be, beware of end time things that uh, there's going to come a point where judgment of God comes, be prepared for this, mm -hmm. spread the gospel. I mean, yeah. there's, you know, kind of that you can compare whatever mm -hmm. say. And well, Lori, I would just uh, circle back to one particular part of this with regard to confusion and how it's uh, portrayed in the movie. I guess the way that I saw it was uh, on a couple of different levels, confusion on the part of the children in terms of what uh, Mary is uh, actually referring to, um, you know, when it comes to um, praying for conversion of sinners. And, and that, uh, to a great degree, I think, is cleared up by the, the vision that they had of, of hell and and how that uh, you know just to kind of mortified them, uh, but also just uh, the the confusion of um, these messages with regard to how things would play out. Uh, praying for the conversion of Russia, praying for um, uh, peace, and 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 to to brace for warfare. You know, perhaps even greater than uh, the Great War, which we know as World War One, as as a uh, gruesome and and with the butchery that was involved there. So yeah, those are elements that are in there as a part of it, uh, but like we had said before, it's nothing to the point where I think it uh, breeds uh, skepticism um, in terms of uh, you know the the message that the church has received. It's very positive with regard to that. So, mm -hmm. very good. Okay. Well, thanks so yeah. much for. Uh, that, yeah. Go ahead, please. Oh no, I was going to say thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks so much for your call, Lori, and it's great to hear from you as always. Yes, thank you. Take care. God bless. Fantastic. Uh, the number is 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122. Now, Father Gross, you, mm -hmm. you came upon something here that you wanted to... Yeah, in uh, the most recent issue of Our Sunday Visitor, there is a center section written by a sister from the Daughters of St. Paul, which have really a media apostolate, especially in the United States. If, so, if you ever have the opportunity and you're nearby one of their places, go in. You get sucked into this whole... Oh, their, their centers are incredible. Yeah. All the media... It, it's a priest's so. version of a candy store. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, a very good place with regard to all sorts of uh, documents and multimedia things available. But uh, she wanted to talk about uh, Catholic podcasts, and she gave a list of a number of different podcasts, and it got me thinking about how uh, primary this medium is becoming in terms of people experiencing uh, experiencing media. Of Certainly, with regard to uh, Real Presence Radio, a lot of people who will listen to this program will listen to it on a podcast forum especially at their the, leisure. Especially Father Gross and Father Leffer. They'll, you know, they'll go back and <laughs> put us down on their, and listen to them as they're probably exercising or something to be stimulated as their heart rate goes up listening to us. <laughs> or being our own worst critics, whatever the case may be. Yes, indeed. So I guess I was thinking, you know, to 
to myself, really, there's only one of these out of 60 that were listed in various categories. I, I really encourage you to kind of take a look through these. Um, you know, there's such a proliferation of things, you know, with a, with a microphone and a dreams and an internet account or whatever now, you can do. So, this. Father Gross, what would be an example? How do you take advantage of podcasts in your own life as a priest and as a yes. man or a Christian? What, what are some? Well, what I do personally um, is I, I, I begin by saying that if it's, if it's a way for the host to get around, um, you know, uh, decency or just to in, in, indulge in vulgarity and things like that, I want no part of that, you know, because sometimes these things are just a way for them to get away with acting and behaving the way they couldn't if they have some other sort of standard media platform. Um, and other than that, I guess um, I, I don't subscribe to too much because... There's only so much time, and right. after a while, you're like, well, do I want to spend a lot of time binging in order to catch up? So, for example, there are a couple of public radio programs that I subscribe to, where if I'm not hearing those you know, at certain times when they would air weekly or whatever, then I can listen to those. One that's on here that I, that I do subscribe to um, because uh, of my familiarity with the speaker is uh, Jen Fulweiler's podcast, This Is Jen. She had been a host on uh, the Catholic Channel, and Sirius XM Satellite Radio and is now in, in other ventures, but she's interest, in, introduced here as the ever effervescent wife, mother of six, author, Texan, comedian, and former atheist. So <laughs> there are a lot of different things on her, her schedule, but I was just kind of interested to hear from you, uh, Father, in terms of kind of your uh, approach to podcasts and, yes. you know, kind of your recommendations to, par you know, to parishioners about The great about thing about this. it is you can target things. And there's, yeah. there's a podcast for every topic or anything you have out there, from the mundane to the mm -hmm. spiritual. So, And you hit a key thing. You only have so much time in your life. And, uh, uh, and oftentimes, like, I don't know about you, I'll speak for myself. There's mm -hmm. actual, you actually need times of silence too. So there's this balance. So here's some, I'll just give off the top of okay. my head. So uh, one, I have a routine every morning as I'm doing my, my bathroom routine. And there, there's, so I'll do the Catholic news. There's a podcast for Catholic news going out and that's playing. I just turn that on my phone. That goes while I do my routine so then I can hear what happened yesterday, what's happening today in the Catholic world from a Catholic perspective. So that, that, that helps me understand the bigger picture, what's going on. I appreciate mm -hmm. that. There's another podcast. It's actually um, David Suchet. I don't know if you're familiar. He's a famous theater Broadway. He, you'd know him from, um, he's, he's done different famous characters, or whatever, but he has this, this incredible voice. But he, okay. he has narrated the entire Bible. Ah, and the, okay. the one that I really appreciate is he does the Psalms. And so oftentimes, especially if I'm having a hard time falling asleep, I just I turn on his narration of the Psalms, and it's amazing how it soothes your soul. It just it, it's like magic. Cool. I can't even de describe that one. And then on the mundane side, mm -hmm. so I'm I'm into into cycling. Uh, recently got kind of renewed in this or whatever, mm -hmm. and so there's a number of uh, podcasts about cycling and so forth because of COVID tour. Tour de France is going on right now. It should always be in July. It's going on right now, and it's been one of the more exciting ones in the history of Tour de France right now. And so, um, and then there's there's like this 40 minute podcast each day. Which, okay, to be honest, I list the most of them double time. I'll hit two x on it, which is a real really quick because right right. You know, it's 40 minutes. I don't have 40 minutes, but I do have like 10. 
So it'll, it'll take about 12, 13 minutes for a 40-minute podcast, and I can listen quickly and comprehend it. So anyway. You so turn them into one of the chipmunks as well, they're speaking. Right. They go kind of, but, it, you know. But, right, right. But anyway, so they're, they're mm-hmm. that's, you know. Yeah. Ways that we're you know, and I, I want to thank Sister uh, Helena Raphael Burns for uh, this article, which would be found, I'm pretty sure, in our Sunday Visitors website, especially uh, down the road here of these various podcasts. But the interesting thing is that when you're looking at the, the Catholic content, you're going to get, like you said, a gamut of different things. You're going to get things that are very casual and goofy, and, and to an extent, Jen Fulweiler kind of goes that way, because one of the things that she, I think, is very gifted in doing is encouraging her listeners through her self-deprecation, um, uh, that, you know, I look like I've got it all together, but this part of life and that part of life is a mess, and I have to be patient with myself, and you can do that too, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to have also some relatively muscular, you know, theological things where people are, you know, they sound as if they're uh, tomorrow morning setting off for the crusade, and they're like, "All right, let's go," you know, that that sort of thing. So whatever it is that you're that that, that you're hankering for, it's basically out there. You know, and, and part of it too is like, here's something I appreciate about all these various podcasts because. So you and I were pretty educated, we you know through this order, but we gave it our best shot, right? But <laughs> at, at, sometimes you get a little rusty on things or whatever, and you'll see certain topics, and you're like, or you see for preaching that's coming up, yeah, and and you can again, you can hit that. 10 minutes, you got a 10 minute spot, you listen to that podcast, you're like, oh yeah, that reminds me, oh yeah, that reminds me, or you you have a way of hitting these different kind of personalities that are out there, you can listen to different ones, and it really connects things, or bridges them together that helps then yeah. you and I who are responsible for communicating mm-hmm. to our people to do a good job of communicating. So. Right, right, and uh, you know, we have to go back to uh, Bishop Barron and his Word on Fire apostolate, which is really a pioneer, I would say, in a lot of these areas uh, for the church in the United States in terms of using that medium and reaching groups of people whom he would otherwise rarely, if ever, reach, and also by um, by nourishing one's heart and soul and uh, giving a, a different perspective, perhaps, than what, uh, you know, j- just as an example, one of the main bits that I've heard uh, Bishop Robert Barron take on recently is his interpretation of the story with uh, the sin of David and Bathsheba. And one of the things that he says is that, you know, what you don't realize is that that when he's taking a siesta and he's strolling about on the roof of the palace, he's not with his men. He's not with the army. He's not about the business of the of the kingdom and stuff. And so he's out of the fight. And he uses that as an allegorical sense, I think, particularly with regard to men. Don't be passive. Get in the fight. Invest yourself in the spiritual welfare of your families. Bad things happen when you get out of the fight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, these podcasts can really offer a lot of different things. Um, and uh, I just wanted to express my gratitude to Sister Burns for, um, you know, putting together a category. And, and there are different sorts of uh, fields in which they fall, um, particularly for men or for women, for young adults, um, comedy uh, or um, books, literature and film. You know, if you're interested in somebody who's like, OK, what am I reading? What have I seen, you know, lately? What do I think about it? So it, there is just a, a proliferation of these things for as much of a cesspool as various parts of uh, media 
media can be, this is a refreshing way that the church and the new evangelization is diving in. So those are just some of the things that are on our minds and hearts, and uh, we do this Straight Talk uh, segment um, uh, pretty much uh, every every time that we're on at this time of the uh, show. So uh, again, that number is 877-795-0122, just for future reference. And uh, one hour is already in the books. Can you believe that? So <laughs> They never give us enough time, Father Gross. <laughs> so um, as we come back, uh, after the top of the hour, his short stories are known for their twists. But did you know that the author O. Henry can also teach us important lessons about self-sacrifice and redemption? So stay tuned for this discussion as we'll be visiting with uh, Nancy Gord from Fargo and Father William Slattery from the Shamley Sullivan Schools in the John Paul II Catholic Schools Network in Fargo and West Fargo right after this break. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Real Presence Live. 